everyone. I am Manny. And I'm Wyo. And this is the King Buffet Podcast. One more day in Colorado before we take off to go to Utah for a week. And no fires. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be in southern Utah where there's not a lot of trees. It's desert. Yeah, deserts don't tend to catch fire or stay on fire as long as forests do. So hopefully we'll get some fun stuff in soon yeah so we had an interesting idea for a podcast and by we i mean wyo because there's actually something we have never talked about and we talk about relationships and sex pretty much all day every day (laughs) every day we wake up in the morning and before we get out of bed we're talking about it then we get coffee and talk about it i mean this is this is what we love But this is something, you asked me a question you had never asked me before, and we decided instead of me answering, just keep it organic and have the conversation on the podcast. Yeah. So the question was, do you experience dom space or top space when we play or during the course of our relationship because we're in a 24-7 dynamic? And it's a fantastic question. Let's start, though, because some of the people listening don't know what subspace is. Okay. So there's a lot of educational materials out there in the BDSM world that talk about subspace as a thing, and that's usually the angle that gets covered. So headspace in general is just the the words that are used to describe the mood change, the endorphin rush, the things that you feel during play. So you said headspace in general. You meant subspace in general. Well, just headspace. Oh, just the headspace. Okay, right. you were, so you, I'm sorry. Right. So headspace meaning the place that, as a submissive you're in. Well, t- and tops experience that as well. I just didn't know if it's something that you experienced. Okay. So, um, sometimes it's a goal during play for the top or the dom to take the sub to subspace, which is just sort of a, it's generally accepted that it's a euphoric kind of feeling. It's the place where you're relaxed in the play, and there's just an overall sense of bliss. And a lot of times that's a goal, but it's sort of like, I don't know, it's like always playing to have an orgasm. Like It's a, it's a thing, but it's not, it shouldn't really have to be a requirement, but... right. And the thing about subspace, because when you describe it as a place of bliss, everyone listening might immediately think, well, I go to that subspace thingy you just talked about all the time. I feel bliss when I have sex. Mm-hmm. It's not what we're talking about. Right. We're talking something specific. And we'll just talk briefly about the subspace. You have far more experience as a submissive. Right. But the uh, – and, and by the way, we will – dive deep on subspace, but that's a separate topic, and it's also more commonly talked about. Mm -hmm. But with the subspace, a lot of it starts with when when pain takes place during the scene. It can be a result. Not always. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But I think that's the most common time people talk about it is from pain. And it's a physiological reaction, or at least partially, as a body's way of dealing with pain. You get injured, if it's bad enough, your body releases endorphins 
so you can process and deal with the pain. Mm -hmm. uh, probably almost all people do this, and that it happens during bad pain. I mean, someone can get into a car wreck, and they might not be in the worst pain ever while they're waiting for the ambulance to arrive. And then when they come back to baseline the next day, that's when the pain starts. Mm -hmm. But at the moment, the body has a way of dealing with it. Now, that's not the only way a sub goes into subspace because it can happen for emotional reasons and all these other reasons, but it, it, it's a whole other level. I mean, might Right, and it's completely it. independent of the euphoria that you would feel from an orgasm, for example. So it doesn't even have to be as a result of sexual things. Yeah, and people often describe it as a drug. Mm -hmm. You know, when you in, in inject certain drugs into your body, your brain releases certain chemicals, and those same chemicals can be released, but in a much healthier way than the drugs, that's for sure. Right. Uh, they can be released through that. So sometimes that's not even the goal to get there. Other times it's a result of that. But that's more common. That's talked about. Mm -hmm. That's not what you were asking about. Right. I was asking specifically, since you are not receiving sensations like, like I would be as the masochist or the bottom, like how does that work for you? Do you feel a sense of something different going on when we're playing? When I'm in a, a dominant role. As again, separating this from just sex feels good. Right. And the answer is yes, but I don't want to compare the two because as a masochist, you have this physiological endorphin and chemical rush on top of all the things you get from submitting. I don't have that physiological reaction. Okay. Now, but that's not the right, no, I think I chose my words wrong. It, it is a physiological reaction, but it is not this endorphin rush that would come from the body's response to something happening. It's all the mental side. And so I suspect that I could enjoy the experience as much as the submissive, but that place of bliss, that subspace place of bliss, is probably something that the submissive gets to have. I would think in most cases the dominant doesn't get that space. They both get the pleasure, but that, that is a gift that the submissive gets to enjoy. Or I'm wrong. <laughs> um, and I'm sure people, again, like all this, people argue that they get to that place too, but I just, I'm just not sure it's the same. I almost compare it to when someone said, oh, this addiction is just like a drug addiction. And you go, on some levels, it's that addiction's the same as a drug addiction. You're addicted to video games, the way the drug addicts addicted to heroin, but there's going to be different chemical reaction when there's the drug. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of the difference. Mm -hmm. So I, I, but I do experience something different than just sex. Okay. And it would depend scene to scene day to day by the type of scene we're playing but sex in of itself is this pleasurable thing it phys physically feels good I there's certainly a chemical reaction that's happening that's taking place there can be an emotional reaction because you're connecting or you're feeling love but I think I'm trying to, I'm trying to describe this it's the feeling of the space to go, like I would go into when I'm in a dominant role in a scene and it's going well, which it always goes well for us, it's almost like 
if it was cold outside and I put on a warm sweater that fits perfectly. Like, I've just stepped into my place where I can just relax and I'm right where I want to be. I'm taken back to a place where I'm a, a kid and, and it's Christmas time and I'm safe and there's presents under the tree and there's a warm fireplace and I, I don't know what bills or who's running for president because that's irrelevant to my world and I'm just in this, like in this place where just I'm home. Hmm. And that's what I, it kind of feels like. And I think this is no different, maybe, than anybody that like finds their kink where they didn't know what they didn't know, and then they do that thing, and they go, oh my God, that's my thing. I didn't realize that that's what I needed to feel this. It's not just sexual pleasure. It's a, the kink gives you other levels of, of that. So it's a sense of, of security. Like, for example, I know the sex tonight, metaphorically, is going to go right. Hmm. The, we're going to click it's going to work. It can't not work. You are not allowed to make it not work in that role. So you're, I always describe this, I've created the roller coaster, you've strapped in for the ride. I know for a fact that you're going to enjoy that roller coaster ride. I don't have to worry. Like, it's going to work, but it's going to work because I will make it work. I'm not depending on your mood or what my worries about what's going to take place I'm in control and so I can let go you're submitting and letting go but I'm letting go in a different way I'm letting go of anxiety I'm letting go of any past negative experience I get to let go all of it because this is going to win and that's just a level of comfort that goes beyond just sex Hmm. You know, maybe in a way it's the difference between having a, a, a sexual partner that you know intimately and a one-night stand. Where the one-night stand can be fun and exciting, but it, it also comes with anxiety and questions and uncertainties and doubts. And are they going to like this? Are they going to be happy? What, what about when they see that? And you still have fun. Maybe more fun in some ways than with your regular partner. Maybe that's why you like new people. You're a swinger. You like new. That's what's exciting for you. But the comfort you feel with somebody where none of those things exist. I know how to please you. I know how not to please you and when not to please you to make the pleasing part better. Or how to not please you or please you to please me. <laughs> like, I know all this. And that, that is a space that I get into where I just am, like, I'm at peace. I'm at peace with the world at this point. So do you experience, like, a, a surreal feeling? Is it just heightened awareness? Do you feel it shift as you're, as you're playing, or well, it depends is it more I'm, gradual? No, it depends what I'm doing. If I am, if I decide that I want to scare you, mm -hmm. you know, you enjoy being scared sometimes, mm -hmm. then it's like... I get that excitement of hiding behind a, a tree and jumping down and going boo and getting that, the thrill of that reaction. But it's, it's the fun of like, I knowing that I can choose to do that. 
I'm in control. I'm going to, I'm not just going to build a, a roller coaster that you're going to ride. I'm going to build the whole amusement park. And I decide what ride you ride. But I'm also going to decide what ride you ride next. And you might ride multiple rides in the same day. But, you know, it's, it's that feeling of, you know, I mean, there's video games out there for, remember Roller Coaster World or something like that? It's that some people want to construct a universe that other people play in. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to say it feels godlike or anything because that seems religious or something, but it kind of, it kind of is that, that sense. Like, I'm, like, that's who I am. I see how you look at me. You're a sexual tycoon. <laughs> yeah, roller coaster tycoon. Thank yeah. you. Um, but it is definitely a shift of to a comfortable, peaceful spot. When we're having the most incent, like whether I'm taking you through a a bondage and pain scene, or whether we're just doing intensely rough sex. Mm-hmm. Like on the outside, it might look like a frenzy. I mean, you might be tapping out from my cock down your throat breath play or begging me not to keep striking one part of your body and I've decided because I'm allowed to to not do it and keep doing that thing and I'm scaring you with more like and you're going what the fuck right like <laughs> like it might seem on the outside as something chaotic but I'm at total peace hmm. you know because it's just happening according to my plan that's so interesting to me because from my side, like the whole point of I feel the chaos because I have to give into it. And that's when I get the peace. Like I I have to let go of that last bit of I don't want him to flip me upside down. Oh, I'm going upside down anyway. And that's that's where the where the shift happens. But it's not chaotic to me because I'm in control. None of it's chaotic. And in fact, I would say that if it actually becomes chaotic, I have a responsibility to make it actually not chaotic. I can make it look chaotic. Mm -hmm. I can build what the scariest, most dangerous feeling roller coaster in the world, but it can never actually be dangerous. Right, right. But I can damn sure make you feel that way and totally get off on the fact that you're going... I hope this thing doesn't break. I hope it doesn't get <laughs> off the rails. Seatbelt, don't fail me now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And But there's a sense of... Like, I, I guess, I, and, and I, I hope I don't just beat a dead horse here, but it's just a sense of peace. Hmm. And that peace is... That a, your plan is executing well. And I'm watching it transpire... I don't care if it's if I want to take you to a restaurant that I've eaten at before because I know you're going to like the food or if I'm going to show you a YouTube video that I just watched that, oh my God, you're going to love this clip or if it's like, oh, this is a band that I love. You've never heard of this band? I thoroughly enjoy providing things to you that they give you pleasure and knowing that you're going to enjoy them and you giving into it and going, that was a great meal. That was a great, I love that song. Mm-hmm. Like I find satisfaction in that. I feel like I'm, 
I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing in this relationship. I'm giving to you. I'm giving you these things to make you happy. You've trusted me. And I'm fulfilling that trust. So you do feel like your dom headspace extends outside of bedroom play then? Like in those yes. examples? Yeah, and I feel very peaceful at life because of these things, but it's absolutely a whole different level in the bedroom. Because in the bedroom, it is, I am in complete control. We don't have total power exchange outside the bedroom. Right. So I am not telling you to walk over there and move that from there to there because I am in control over where you walk. Mm -hmm. So we, we go through life for the to a large extent, just being in just an equal partnership. In a, in one sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, in, in another sense, it's very much not. But in some sense, it's we're just, if you're a fly in the wall watching us, you just, you would look at us as just a happy couple. Is there anything during the day, a course of a normal day, that you do that can get you into that same headspace like Bedroom stuff? Yes. Explain. When you give in to me and go against what you might otherwise want to do. Um, and then I'm able to reward you with it working out for you. Hmm. Um, if we if we start, we, we don't really ever not get along. Mm-hmm. But we've talked before, one of the things that I need to have control over is I need to make sure we don't argue. Right. And it's very important to me that we don't argue, um, that it's not because I'm always right, which I always have to always add these caveats. If you've negotiated that the Dom is always right, that is a perfectly healthy way. Many subs say, I don't give a shit who's right. I have no problem yielding, yielding that you're always right. If we don't argue, that's all I want. Mm-hmm. Perfectly fine. That's not me. It has nothing to do with being right. It has to do with stopping the argument. And so we, like any other two human beings who are together 24-7, at times will misunderstand each other. At times we will, there might be a little bit of tension, a little bit of PTSD. One of us says something, the other one had a previous partner used to do, and we kind of, like you can feel what would be the start of an argument in many relationships. And so it, uh, it goes a little back and forth, a little back and forth, a little bit of emotion there. And I will jump in and say, nope, not going to happen. We're not, we aren't arguing. This stops right now, period. Let me process what just went wrong here. And I get a sense of bliss when you were, your mouth is open, you were going to speak and you go, and then you shut your mouth. Boy, that sounds shut your mouth. Sounds like you know, <laughs> you, you physically cl- no, you don't shut your mouth. You physically close your mouth and don't say the thing you're going to say, because we've negotiated that I stop arguments. You can stop them too, but just I want the power to say nope, stop, and then we stop, and so, and then you look at me with, with hope that this is going to turn out well because you've had a partner who was never wrong, and it didn't work out for you. It made you feel not good. Mm-hmm. And so when that happens, when I have that control and I could pull the plug on it and you just go, basically, yes, sir, 
it makes me feel like a strength because you've given me control. And then I process it and I come back to you and I tell you, here's why this happened. And, you know, we, we've talked about this many times, probably at least two-thirds of the time or more, I come back with, I misunderstood you, I took that the wrong way, I reacted to something. So more than half the time, I will acknowledge that this happened because it was my fault. And then it allows me to tell you that I was in the wrong here. I'll, you didn't do anything wrong. I just, I reacted badly. And the look on your face when I come to you with that, I stopped the argument and left you in a position of not being blamed. And you look at me, it makes me feel like that warm sweater just went on me. I just took care of my family. Mm. That's so cool. And also, those times where I come back and I say, I didn't do anything. This was all on you. You probably at this point have come to the same conclusion. You've probably processed it. But you trust my judgment that it's not a matter of being blamed. It's that you trust my judgment that the miscommunication was on your end and you, you yield on that. And don't feel blamed because I take responsibility. And then you look at me like I just stopped us from having an argument. Mm-hmm. That brings me to a state of uh, an emotional comfort that is a level above where I feel when we're just sitting around playing a board game or just having fun because I get to step into that role, that dominant role because that is the way our, our, our 24 seven works, which is we basically walk around at ease, but I have the ability to step into that role when I choose. Mm -hmm. And that's the power that I want to make this thing that we have work and not fail. But it feels like a putting on a warm sweater. I was, we started to argue, I'm feeling cold. And if I could pull a sweater out of the dryer right now and make that feeling that I had when we were, we had conflict go away, that's the painful anxiety I feel that, that made me need to have power over us not arguing is because of how awful it is to have conflict with my partner. To, to be able to pull out that warm sweater out of the dryer and put it on. Oh, whew. Happens to be my size, fits. Technically, you're bringing me the warm sweater. And that's what you, that's your gift as the submissive, is that you go get that warm sweater for me and put it on me so I can have that feeling. And then you get the satisfaction of knowing that you've warmed your master. Mm-hmm. And that's... Oh, it's perfect. So I do feel that bliss. However, I feel it more intense in the bedroom. Right. <laughs> it is just a whole other level because that look you give me when you feel like I just, you know, gave you this nice feeling because I stopped the argument, that is not anywhere near the look you give me when you just had your 25th orgasm and you're about to pass out. <laughs> right. So that's a whole different – that's a whole – different you know um, it's a different level of control it's a different level of control right. it's a different level um but yeah no it's definitely it's definitely a different space it's definitely not a diff it's definitely a different space than if well 
hypothetically, if we ever had just vanilla sex someday, just for fun, we just said, hey, let's just do, <laughs> just do normal sex, and, and it felt pleasurable. I wouldn't go to that space. Right. Nor would you. Or just walking around at the grocery store with other people. Yeah. It's, just That's, not, it's not the same. It's not the same. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, that's it. That is, now, when you are talking to other people in, like, in the community, mm-hmm. do they ever talk about the headspace? Um, there's been times where it gets discussed, but I've never had the opportunity to really dig deep with what it feels like. Because I know from my experience the euphoria, and even to the point where after a play scene, sometimes it takes a little bit of time to come back down from being at that elevated state. So I was, I was just really curious about that. Yeah, it it is just, it's just, yeah, I, I haven't really put a lot of thought into it, but it really just has to do with the feeling I get when I make things right and make things work well and make my world and your world and my world, which is they're pretty intertwined when I have the power to make them right. Because when I have the power to make it go right, it's going to go right 100% of the time. Like, you're never giving me control over, let's say, the argument example and have it not go well. It's, you've given me control. It will never escalate. Right. It, it's always going to de-escalate and wind up with us happy. That's the control I want. But we've also had to work through things like that so that you know how to handle what triggers me, for example, or in the course of a day is going to to result in a good well, yeah, ending. Of for course, us. I had to learn you. But that's, that has to do with bedroom or any other part. Like mm-hmm. I, I mean, and we'll, we can go into more, many more of these details later. But we were. We are naturally in the shoulders. You are a natural submissive. I am a natural dominant. And it was months before we started really negotiating these roles. This is not something that we jumped into off the cuff. And that's months of us, hours, talking or being together every day. Neither of us took it lightly, and that's important. And the negotiation process took place at least over a month, wasn't it? Yeah, lots of conversations. We would spend an entire day on one topic, if not a day, but an entire conversation on one topic if necessary. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you're right. I had to know you for that to work. Right. But... Had you ever experienced this with other partners? Um, no. Even if they weren't labeled as... Not, as, not formally, but I did have another partner. And I don't want to give too many details, so I don't... Won't ever talk about past partners um, out of respect for them. But I had a past partner that really, in hindsight, but I didn't have a label for it, took on this very submissive role. Mm-hmm. And her life was great. She was super happy. I was in control. We never fought. We never argued for a while. And everything was great. Other parts of the relationship fell apart. Right. You know, due to both of us. Mm-hmm. But when it worked, you know, I mean, and it's really what it was. I mean, she didn't want control over anything. 
She just wanted to go along for the ride. Mm -hmm. She never said no to sex. She's never never said no to what restaurant. But she always wanted sex, and she was happy at every restaurant. Mm -hmm. She just didn't want decisions. You know, she wanted to be. She wanted to be valued. She wasn't into degradation. Mm -hmm. And not that being degraded means you're not valued. That, right. You know, I, that sounded bad or incorrect. But she, she, you know, she enjoyed praise and compliments and words of affirmation to make her feel good in as a person. Mm -hmm. But yeah, she she jumped into those roles and it was a very happy, peaceful time. Everything when things were well, things were well, mm -hmm. and they were blissful in a sense. Um, ironically, she was less submissive in the bedroom. Hmm. So it was, she was completely submissive to when we had sex, but when we had sex, it was not a DS in the bedroom. Or let me rephrase that. We were, we experimented with different types of power exchange where, you know, we, we both switched because we were experimenting. So I would take on the dominant role or she would take on a dominant role. Neither one of us was, you know, we discovered we're into pain. Mm -hmm. um, so it was more, it was real Cosmo, Cosmopolitan King. It was very playful, but yeah, there was not that, that dynamic wasn't in the bedroom, which I thought at the time the sex was great, but in hindsight, now that I know what I like, I look back, I'm like, like if we got together again, I wouldn't be that thrilled about it, even though at the time it was the best thing I'd ever had in my life. Mm -hmm. So the that that sense of bliss, that that dom space, wasn't even on the on the table. You know, not really. So in the times that you were kind of switching to experiment, did you get, like, a foreshadowing of that? Like, who, like this really does work a little bit better when I'm in, in the dominant role? or I liked being in the dominant role more, for sure. Mm -hmm. But I, I have, in past relationships, jumped into a submissive role in the bedroom but not because I liked being in that role sometimes. Mm -hmm. It was, if that person wasn't submissive, it was either me taking a submissive role and us having kinky sex or us having vanilla sex. Mm -hmm. And so I would do things that were simply because that was more interesting than vanilla sex. Gotcha. Like, so basically... I'm 100% dominant in the bedroom. Mm -hmm. you, you know this. Right. Um, but being submissive would still be better than vanilla. Vanilla is, <laughs> it goes dominant sex, vanilla sex, masturbation, no sex, vanilla sex. Mm -hmm. Did I say that right? Um, it was, it's dominant sex, yeah. submissive sex. There you go. Okay. Dominant sex num is the top. Right. Submissive sex is, would be number two. Masturbation is better than no sex, and no sex is better than vanilla sex. Vanilla sex is mind numbing. Mm. <laughs> that that is, I would rather just not do it. Mm -hmm. And masturbation is better than no sex or vanilla sex. <laughs> right. Right. So I've never actually ranked it until now. That's why I couldn't get it right. But <laughs> <laughs> now, but here's the thing: I don't ever recall anything remotely related to subspace. Well, sir, well, first off, I'm not into pain, so I've never gone to a place where I, I 
experience pain to the point of endorphins, nor do I want to, that's not me. Because you don't enjoy it. I'm not a masochist. Right. I, don't, I don't enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But, so I've, I, I never, that was never my warm sweater. Right. That was never my, my dom, you know, that wasn't a dom space. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think I ever felt that, that dom, dom space bliss because I don't think I ever had anybody that completely submitted in the bedroom in that way. So I've had one previous partner, um, and that's, we talked about this, which is where I learned that this is who I am, mm-hmm. is because I know the best relationship of my life for that period of time was that. Mm-hmm. And, and why. Um, and then, of course, I've had play partners, kink play partners. We'd like, like, definite DS in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. At times with other partners as well. That I got, I got something out of too, but never the whole package. Right. So I had said before, like, after having that subspace experience and having the elevated endorphins and everything sometimes I have I need a period of coming back down and that's aftercare in our scene so there's things that you can do to help bring somebody back down to baseline do you ever feel like you need something no because that dom space of being in control and making everything work that space exists after sex, during aftercare. So that, it continues. Yeah, it completely continues. I see. Yeah, because that's the whole idea. Like, I need to make you feel good and make make you feel safe and talk about things. You know, when when we've done a really heavy psychological role play, it's that same sense of, you know, that that feeling I get when you're we're talking about this and you're deferring to me and asking, well, why, why do you think I felt like this? Or what do you think is causing that? And you're looking at me like your master. You're looking at me like someone who has the answers, who's wise. And, you know, it's almost the way, like, it can be at times like the way a child looks at a parent. Mm -hmm. And that parent is like, no, like who knows more than mom or dad. Although we don't do the, the daddy dom age play like that's just not part of our dynamic so it it has nothing to do with that role but it's kind of like that same feeling you get where you look at me that way with wanting answers and when I give you and you say you're right that is why that happened or that's why I feel that way I'm continuing to get that that warm sweater on me because I feel like I'm that guy Mm -hmm. you know I would bet that sometimes that that in a traditional relationship just feeling like the man of the house Oh. might make you feel that way. You know, look at, you know, Daddy brought home, you know, look at what Daddy did. He just brought home the Christmas tree, and Daddy keeps the bills on. Daddy, not in a sexual, I mean, Daddy as in, like, you're talking, the to, to, talking to the family. Mm. Look what Father's done. Look at look at the roof that Father's provided for us. Look at that. There's a sense of bliss. It's the reason why the man will go into the coal mine traditionally. Mm-hmm. Not that women don't work hard, too. I'm not suggesting that. But I, I, I can speak as a man that, there is that feeling that you get from being that guy if you find value in it that I get. Right. But I get it in different ways. So do you think I happen to know because I'm your partner and I'm a good one and I know how you feel love. 
that you are driven by words of affirmation. Yes, absolutely. Do you think oh. that that is part of why you feel down space in that way? I, it's probably similar, but still words of affirmation don't compare to you writhing in sexual ecstasy. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> right, that or looking at me like you were traumatized by something and you just had a breakthrough. Mm-hmm. Like that is far more significant than you know. Thank you for keeping the power on. Mm-hmm. But I, it's probably related. It's wanting to be in that role. We joke about this all the time because I have characteristics that is the daddy dom characteristics. Mm-hmm. I have some of those. Caregiver. Um, you would never, if you had to identify me, identify me as a daddy dom. Right? I'm not right. Clearly, I like. I'm. I'm not looking for a sugar baby. I'm not looking for, you know, those the little girl dynamic. I mean, that's just not what I'm looking for. But I have some of those caregiver qualities. Probably more, in some ways, I, I bet. Not I bet. A lot of these have my, those needs have nothing to do with the kink, the DS lifestyle whatsoever. This is just my need to feel like a man. And this is what makes me feel like a man. And when when I get to be the man. You get validated as a provider. I get and... validated as those things. So it's mm-hmm. not that I want to be the caregiver. Um, you know, if you were independently wealthy, I wouldn't have been like, darn, so close. But I just, we can't be together because I don't get anything. Like if, if we didn't need to make money, great. I don't. I don't have a need to provide it, but I get value from it. Mm-hmm. And that is also a more of a, a blissful feeling. Right. Like there's a feeling that comes from that that is different than you did this thing that made me happy is a different feeling for me than you did this thing that kept me safe. Mm-hmm. Right? I, like, I, I enjoy that role. So it, it, it is a similar type of feeling. Well, in the real world, I'm trying to keep you safe. I want to protect you and provide for you. Mm-hmm. Well, in the bedroom, I, of course, I'm technically keeping you safe, but the goal is not to keep you safe. The goal is to get your brain to shit out as, so much dopamine that you pass out. <laughs> right. And, and then I get that, that blissful feeling from that. But it, it ultimately is that. You know, we, we actually have had this discussion a lot about doing the things that I like and early on in the relationship I had to be really careful when I tried to express to you what a turn on it was for me to build the roller coaster because of giving you things that you like because there are so many men who are non-alpha definitely not dominant men when you ask them what they like their response is whatever you like Mm -hmm. you know what do you like sexually whatever makes you feel good and you can, you know, you've been with those guys. Right. Those are, those are, that's, well, that doesn't turn you on. Right. And I had to express to you that there is an overlap to that, but it's not the same thing. Mm-hmm. Because I can take you up to your pain threshold. I can take you up to your, that can scare the fuck out of you. Mm-hmm. So, but I'm like, you know, so I'm not not doing things that I'm getting off on. But it's, you know, at the end of the day, you like it. Right. Or love it. And yeah, when I take you there, I feel something different. It's not, 
it's a different feeling than the feeling of vagina on penis. Right. Or the feeling of an orgasm. It's a whole other level that I wouldn't get during vanilla sex. So, yes, I don't get, I get, when I have vanilla sex, I get sex. I don't get my drug. Mm-hmm. Well, I like it. That's the subspace, right? It's, it's a drug. That's a drug. Uh-huh. So, yeah, and that's why it's a kink, because it's a need. Right. It's like, I mean, if you're, if you're addicted to meth, coffee is probably better than nothing, but it ain't going to be your meth. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm addicted to this game. Mm-hmm. And sex is coffee. <laughs> it's it's cool. I like coffee. You're not going to not have it. But. That's not the drug that I'm addicted to. The no. drug that I'm never going to give up. And that's why, you know, vanilla sex doesn't work. It's like, I don't, I'm not, that doesn't give me my drug. It, just, it gives me sex. Mm-hmm. Yay, sex. Sex is fun. Mm-hmm. It's not my drug. Right. My drug is t- building the roller coaster for you. And then watching, <laughs> watching you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I guess, I mean, this may wind up being ultimately an incredibly boring or incredibly interesting podcast. It's not going to be, eh. I, I have no idea because this is off the cuff. No, I think it was extremely enlightening. And it, it's, like I said, it's not covered very often. So I'm I'm sure there are other people who experience things differently, but we're not experts on the whole thing. We're just expressing what you've well, we're experts on us. What you've experienced, and I think it's yeah. great. Yeah. Actually, I even even take it a step further to the point where, like, every time we play, which is all the time, I have to have this thing, mm-hmm. just like you. Yeah. Like, we, we aren't joking when, you know, like, we have sex multiple times a day, We've never had vanilla sex. Right. Like, even even quickie sex, there's some component of it that's different. Right. You know, well, quickie sex is not two minutes or, or four minutes either. But there always has to be this component of it. And it's basically the, I mean, that's a perfect analogy without freaking people out. But it's like, if you're a meth addict, and you have coffee, but there's meth there also. You're never going to say, I think I'm fine with just coffee today. <laughs> <laughs> like, you, but that would never be enough. Right. You know, like when you can have that, you know, that's what, that's what it is. So I was totally made this non for public consumption talking about the drug comparisons. <laughs> well, BDSM is like heroin and, and in, meth. In the pain context, I've, I've said, you know, like our brains make wonderful drugs. It's well, it's not an uncommon comparison at all. So no, it's, for sure, it's in not. the sexual realm, it's valid. Okay. So, um, and I, I I think I asked earlier, but had you heard the term dom space? To I mean, it doesn't get talked about, but they talk about it. Yeah, yeah. But just not as frequently. It's not as commonly covered, and I, like I said, I've never had anybody to actually get deeper feedback on like it it gets covered in a cursory way and then they circle back to subspace you know i and i actually saw a little bit of this um we had spoken to and i'm only sharing this because i I know this is also very much public Mm -hmm. uh but when we spoke with devin Uh and devin started talking about 
Fear Play. Uh-huh. And we were on a video chat. The look in his eyes when he talked about it yeah. was a different look. Yeah. You saw that. Oh, that's that sadist twinkle. I like it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that, I think this, 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 we call it the sadist twinkle. Uh, it's what I call it. Okay, yeah. well, the sadist twinkle is, is that's Thumb's base. Mm-hmm. That is a different level of like, yeah, I, I do this, I do this, I do this, and all of a sudden, the eyes get wider, and it's like, but when I do this, and there's something there. Yeah. That this is why, one reason why, like, it would never work for you to have a partner who wasn't into this, but was willing to do things. Sure, I'm willing to spank you and hit you with a crop, and oh, mm-hmm. I could learn some ties for you. Like, they could go through all the motions, but if they don't have... The twinkle. The twinkle. <laughs> yeah. Right? Well, and we talked about that, like, almost right off the bat, because we were negotiating play, and you weren't really, like, sure how to handle me, because I might be... A, well, the perception was that I play a little harder than you had been, ex, a, you know, experienced let's, with. So. Let's be clear, no, I want to be clear about this. I told you flat out, you would not have a level I can't take you to. Right. I hadn't had the experience of being to where you're at. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't going to chicken out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely not. Well, and the majority of our early conversations were by phone because of yeah. logistics. I just told you that I play very cautious. Yeah. I take things slowly, and I had to reassure you with a lot of these things, we're going to go easier, not harder at the beginning. Mm-hmm. For a while, we're going to ease, we're going to ratchet it up one step at a time because that's just, that is just how I play. Right. Uh, we're not... I, I always say to you and to everybody else we play with, you can always go harder next time, but you can't take it back if you go too far. And I would rather just leave the door open next time. So I had to let you know that I could go far enough for you and had to let you know that when I say that the biggest turn on is being inside of your head, it is not, I like whatever you like. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with that at all. It has to do with specifically the reason why I want to know and and do what you like or selectively do what you hate, <laughs> depending on my mood. Right. But it had specifically to do with building the roller coaster and putting you on because I love building the roller coaster, but the roller coaster is dependent on doing what you like at times. I have to know what you like. Right. But it's not how it may sound and I think you understood but you didn't understand until we really started playing right and until being in person and getting to see the twinkle when you talked about what what you wanted to do the next time we played or when we were going to start or during yeah and so then like this this conversation is getting yeah. to understand what you, What's actually going on inside your head when the twinkle activates? Do you do you see the <laughs> that twinkle is probably the dom space? Yeah. Like I'm in this the place of peace. Do you see that when I'm scaring you? Yeah. When I just if I can see your face at that moment. Yeah, you can see my <laughs> Sometimes I'm in positions yeah. that don't allow that, but yeah, I love yeah. that. It's so, it's so much fun. If if I was making horror movies, I. Like, I'm certain with 100%, absolute certain, that anybody that makes horror movies 
goes to the theater and watches the audience watch their movie. Mm. Right? You, there, I would guarantee it's not a horror movie maker alive that doesn't enjoy most watching the audience jump. Right. And so, and that's when they get their twinkle. That's when they go to director space. <laughs> director space. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you for sharing your headspace with us. Yeah, no problem. And why don't we just follow it up next conversation? We'll, we'll let you do most of the talking. We'll just talk about subspace. Because I, I like to kind of describe it to start because people have heard of subspace. Mm-hmm. Even mainstream people have heard of subspace. Yeah. But next time I'll let you do the talking and I'll ask you about the space you get into. Sounds fun. All right. Until next time. Bye.